Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 69 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Sherry Whalen. Sherry lives in British Columbia, where she is a director with the BC Forest Safety Council. Welcome, Sherry. Hi, Jen. How are you today? I am fabulous. How are you? I am fabulous. I just want to say thanks so much. It feels like I know you already. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. So if you were right beside me in person, I would be exactly like you think. (laughs) So it's, it's great to talk to you. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? It was a long, hard road. (laughs) Oh, I look, I get it. We found out right before we started recording that we are the same age. We're both born in 1969. So we're the same age, even though I'm a little bit older, I'm six months older. (laughs) But we we both have had that that diet roller coaster, right? 
Oh, yeah, totally. I'll be 50 in two weeks. And by the time this airs, it'll be 2020. So yeah, I will be there. Yeah. So I've been active like most of my life. I'm going to say most because there was like almost a 10-year hiatus in there. But for a big chunk of that time, I was a pretty high-level athlete. I competed in rowing, and I was actually on the Olympic bobsleigh team for Canada. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it really was. It was an awesome experience. So I was. I was very fit. But even like during like – because we, we used to do workouts, oh, my gosh, maybe like two, three hours a day, like lots of the year. But even all during that time, I always struggled with my weight a little bit, but it was just because of, I think, the exercise and like watching it, I was able to, I love your term, white knuckle it, because that's exactly what it was, right? Yeah. Now I have a question. So you were on the Olympic bobsled team. What year was that? And which Olympics was that? So I need to qualify it because I I made the Olympic team, but Canada didn't actually send two sleds, so I didn't get to go. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. It was such a bummer. It was such a bummer. But still, that that lets us know what an elite athlete you were. Well, yeah, like I was strong and I was fit, but I had binge eating issues. And I, you know, I've got a family that type 2 diabetes is pretty prevalent through a lot of the family. And it's always been something that I've struggled with. So after I got cut from the team, I just met my now husband at the time. And I put on weight like gangbusters right after because the activity had stopped. And I guess the binge eating and the, and the food became even worse because I was probably a little bit depressed and stuff at the time. And I just put on like 30 pounds in record amount of time. I managed to get it off again before when we got married. So I was able to get down to a, like a, a decent weight again and it was manageable. And then I just started in it like family life and had kids So that's when, after my first was born, I started with Weight Watchers. I can say that on this, right? I hear other people talk about it. You sure can, yep. And I did. Like, I I got down to what their goal weight was. That was good. But it was, oh my gosh, I was hungry all the time. (laughs) And honestly, when I look back at it, it was at that time. So I've got four kids all together, two bonus, two bio. And as soon as we got married, my two older two bonus kids moved in with us and I had a new baby. And I swear to God that the only reason that it worked for me that time at Weight Watchers, because it felt like that was the only thing I was in control of. Oh, yeah. You know what? I get that. I remember going through periods in my life, too, where you're right. The dieting felt like the one thing that you could control when everything else was just, you know, out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it worked. But I was constantly obsessed with Weight Watchers and points and food and can I eat, can I not eat. Every time we'd come to some kind of like going out for dinner or like any kind of an event, I was always worried about what I was going to eat. So fast forward then with my fourth child. And then after she was born, I kept trying with Weight Watchers. And then that's when everything else just, I kept trying everything else. I couldn't seem to get it with Weight Watchers. And I was like, I was diligent with counting points and the activity, doing everything. But I just kept getting like bigger and bigger. And then I'd stop and I'd go on a binge and say, oh, I can't do this. I tried, like you said, HGH. I did that. The HCG. HCG, yeah. 
And then South Beach Diet. I did Suzanne Summers. Did you do Suzanne Summers? Oh my gosh, I did Suzanne Summers. Absolutely. I had all of her books and I just love Suzanne Summers and I loved her books. And her premise, for those of you who have not done Suzanne Summers, was food combining. So you were supposed to keep proteins and fats separate from carbs. And then you could eat as much as you wanted as long as you ate either a protein and fat meal or a carb meal. Is this right? Am I remembering it right? And there were like some foods that were called funky foods. I remember that. And I was like, this makes so much sense. But I never lost any weight. I think, you know, Sherry, you and I have a lot in common in that and probably a lot of listeners too. We loved the plans that told you you could eat as much as you wanted as long as you, you know, did whatever. Because we like to eat a good amount of food, right? I like eating lots of food. I do. Yeah. Me too. So Suzanne told me that if I just kept my food separated, I could eat as much as I wanted and lose the weight. Well, I didn't because I can eat a lot. (laughs) Oh, I can remember my sister and I, like we, uh, because she was doing it at the same time and we had like full fat cream and thrown that in there. We were like laughing to ourselves. Oh, this is so awesome. (laughs) It was just like. She had great recipes. The food was beautiful. It was delicious. I lost zero pounds. (laughs) Zero zero yeah and and it is just and it just kept creeping up and creeping up and it's only been recently that I'm down to kind of I hate saying the word goal weight because it's like it's more around how I feel and how I'm not how I look even but like how fit I feel that I'm talking about how big I actually was and it's like it's not like it was this big secret, right? Right. People could see us. They knew how big we were. We, we were we were not hiding it no matter how hard we tried. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So around three years ago, we as a family made a decision like I was in a job that was pretty stressful for me at the time. And looking back now, it really wasn't stressful. It was all stuff I put on myself. But we decided to move out to here to BC and have a bit of a different lifestyle. And then I did, I I started working out a lot. So I joined this awesome gym here in um, Nanaimo and started working like probably I was getting my maybe seven to nine workouts in a week. And they're hard workouts. And I did have some success with that. And like I was part of their premises, like getting an understanding like your food. So we, we did work tracking on MyFitnessPal for like two full years. I did that or two and a half years. And I did lose 40 pounds doing that. And it was awesome. And I'm still like, I love this gym. I'll be there forever. But it was just still like the binge issues were not going away. And I wasn't actually getting the results that I, I wanted. So last year, and it's not a midlife crisis, it's a midlife reassessment. (laughs) I knew I was turning 50. So I went and talked to my trainer and I said, I want to be in the best shape of my life at 50. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So we started working out pretty hardcore. And I did like I started, we started in January, and I lost about another maybe 20, 25 pounds over the course of a couple of months. And I started reading everything I could about binge eating because it was like, I didn't know I had a binge eating issue 10 years ago, five years ago. It's only been in the last like couple of years. And I was like, yeah, that, you know what, this is an issue for me. So I started reading everything I could. So how did, how did that manifest for you in case, you know, maybe there's a listener that, that has the same thing and doesn't realize it. How did the binge eating disorder manifest for you? If you don't mind sharing. Oh, sugar. Sugar and highly refined sugar and fat, like ice cream. Oh, my God. It's awful. Oh, really? So like once you start, it's like you don't have an off switch. Is that what it is? I'm like the Tasmanian devil. Honestly, it's just blah, 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 blah. Take it all in. And it's embarrassing because, Jen, it's like 
I was a high level athlete. I was in really good shape. You know, I've got a pretty established career too. And, and I'm not a stupid person. And I know people look at someone who's overweight and there's this false thought that it's someone who has no willpower or it's someone who just isn't working hard enough. And I was working my literal tail off. I was. There's a stigma. You're exactly right. That, And especially the people who have never had to struggle. You know, I've talked about this before. My husband, naturally slim, always has been. He would just look at me when I, you know, when I was obese and, and just be like, just don't eat so much. I'm like, thank you. That's so not helpful. <laughs> yeah. So I did a bunch of reading and then I started like I was doing like a, and I still try to get out for like a walk at lunchtimes and listen to podcasts. And then I, I listened to a podcast and, it, and I can't remember who it was, but it was some general from the States. And he um, talked about how he only ate one meal a day. I bet it was Stanley McChrystal. Does that sound right? That sounds familiar. Yep. Yep. Because I, I know that Stanley McChrystal is a well-known one meal a day. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to it. It was the first time that I'd kind of heard that terminology. So then I started researching a little bit more and I, and I, found the obesity code and I read that and it was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this should be criminal. <laughs> what the food industry has done and like sugar and I was totally hooked. And then I just started doing a bunch of research and then I found your podcast, the other one with Melanie. The Intermittent Fasting Podcast, yeah. Yeah, so I started listening to that on my walks and then within a, probably about a week, I read your book, Delay, Don't Deny. And I had been fasting I was a dirty faster, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> Look, I was a dirty faster, too, so I get it. Yeah, I tried. I'm not saying because I, I did, but I would be like every day counting down the minutes to lunchtime, and then I'd just scarf down my lunch, right? So after I read your book, I started, um, like, went to the black coffee because my dirty fasting was also, I was having coffee every morning, and it was like copious amounts of cream in there. <laughs> Because a little video I found online said cream doesn't break the fast. It's okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I could find a video that literally said anything, like even that the earth is flat. <laughs> I saw a video that said the earth was flat. So I said, yay. No, no. Yay. I get to have cream. <laughs> I know. There is a YouTube video out there, people, that will tell you scientifically anything you want to hear. So... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Right. And the thing is like, that was like, and I, I, I get a kick out of how hard that is for people to give up is that cream in the coffee. It's like, Oh my God. So I gave that up and I started to clean fast and it was like, Oh my God. Within a couple of days, my window just got longer automatically. And then I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. There's the magic. Oh my gosh. I mean, it really is striking, isn't it? That little bit of cream, you know, like, oh, it doesn't break the fast. You know, there's that whole people say that under 50 calories doesn't break the fast or such and such doesn't break the fast. But I mean, you with that logic, you could eat like a jelly bean every hour and I'm just eating jelly beans, but I'm fasting, right? <laughs> it's so funny. So like I've got a I've got a ton of friends that have started doing this too. And I was talking to one last week and she's like, well, what about herbal tea with us? She, she said about like something with the ingredients like, no, but she said it doesn't have anything in it. And I was like, you know, I said, you know what? I said, it's just what I and uh, probably around 400,000 people that are on these websites that works for them. 
<laughs> so if we've got it all wrong, then, but uh, that'd be like, yeah, the clean fast was made all the difference in the world for me. Well, I, I really think that that's, that's just the key. And I think that's the message I'm here to spread about fasting is that the clean fast makes a difference. And in my new book that's coming out in June of 2020, Fast, Feast, Repeat, I have something in there called the Clean Fast Challenge just for people, you know, like your friend who can't understand, don't even want to believe that it would make a difference. You know, I I would like to challenge people to give it at least a month. Try the clean fast for a month and then try that thing you thought wasn't a problem and then you'll see. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's just right now, it's like, so when I'm fasting, I don't think about food. I'll see stuff that I love that I used to go nuts for before. And it's like, oh, it's not my time. And it's actually amazing. Yeah. But if you accidentally break the fast, then you realize you're like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like it. Like I went with a bunch of uh, my friends. We went for like a, a girl's weekend a couple of weeks ago and one of them gave me a hard time and said, don't fast this weekend. We're going to have so much fun. So the first day I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go with a longer window during the first day. So I had lunch because I usually, I don't eat lunch. And I just didn't like how I felt. Like I was so tired and like a little bit more groggy. And it's just, I don't need that. And for me now, I've done a lot of soul searching over the last year for sure. Because uh, I think turn of 50 helps you do that a little bit. Yeah. So like all this thing is like, so it's not that I, someone else made me eat, but it's like, if I'm not eating, it has nothing to do with anyone else. Right. It's about me. And I can't be in situations where someone is making it about them. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's about me and what makes me feel good. I think that's really important. And for listeners to to really hear what you're saying there, because we get that a lot. We get pushback from people who are like, well, you know, I was going with some friends and they felt awkward that I wasn't eating. And like, no, really, you've probably felt awkward that you weren't eating, but that is something you can really easily get over. You can learn that it's not a big deal and that you can sit there with your clean, fast approved beverages. And really, it's all just about being there with them. They want to be with you and, you know, just say, hey, you know, I'm not eating right now. And if you really have a friend who is awkward about it, you can go to eat when your eating window is open. Totally. Right. That's what I love about this is the flexibility. And like, I know I hear and everyone is asking me, it's like, oh, what's your window? What do you eat in there? You know, and for me right now, like I'm still in the honeymoon phase of not having to track and whatever, like, because I've been the last probably month, two months where I haven't been tracking because I did track for a long time up to a point. But I'm not like I'm not gaining weight. I'm, I'm doing whatever I want. And I'm not gaining weight. I'm still I'm still losing because I'm, I'm taking a scale break, too. And I can see, like, I can see a difference in my clothes and how I look like every single day. It's crazy. So when you say you're taking a break from tracking, does that mean you're not tracking your window length necessarily, or you're not tracking what you're eating? What What are you not? I'm not tracking anything. <laughs> I love it. See, I don't either. I don't track anything now. I pretty much live intuitively within my eating window. And, you know, I might have a rough estimate of, because people are always like, well, how long is your window? I'm like, well, I don't know. Let me think. Yesterday, I don't really know exactly because I'm not tracking it. I can say there's a range that I'm working within. I'd say it's probably like two to four hours around there, but very rarely is it four hours anymore, I think. 
And I think mine ends up being anywhere from two to six these days. It's rarely six. If my window is six, there was probably wine involved. <laughs> wine stretches my window. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like, I don't mind that. And like, if it extends to like eight hours, 10 hours, that's okay. Because it's like the next day, I'll just, it's fine. I'll just start again and it's fine. Yeah. So when did you start the clean fast? What month was that? It was towards the end of April. April of, of 2019. Okay. And how much weight have you been able to lose with the fasting? I know you had already lost a good bit prior to starting IF. So this year on the scale, because I was like doing dirty fasting in the year, also with all the tracking and stuff with my with my trainer and stuff. So since January, it's been about 35 scale pounds. Fabulous. And how close are you to your goal size? Like what you think is like where you really want to be? See, that's what I'm struggling with a little bit right now, because... I want to look a little bit there. Like I want to be a little bit more defined in the, like my legs and stuff. Cause I've never had that. My legs have always been big and I, I'd like to have some definition in my legs and my midsection, but I think it's, I, I'd say it's maybe five to eight pounds of like fat. Okay. So you have like five to eight pounds that you'd like to, to go. How tall are you? I'm five foot 10. Okay. So you're a tall, I'm see I'm five, five. I'm a lot shorter. Yeah, I'm tall. And that's why it's like, so I'm like, right now, I'm like, just over 180. And I'm still considered like you look at some BMI charts, and that's right at the top of a BMI chart. But my body fat is like, I had it tested, our gym has an awesome, like, body fat, I don't know what it's called in body or something. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And it came back and it's like, everything was really, really good. And my body fat was like, just over 16%. Wow. So you are just your muscle, you are lean mass. I am a lean machine. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been 16% body fat in my life. <laughs> oh, and but it's, I'm not quite where but and that's where I'm 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 literally right now in like kind of a reevaluating kind of it's like so do I really want to do because I know, and I've heard you on your pod, on the podcast lots talk about how you went to the alternate day to help kind of like in the last part of it. And I have done some longer fast. Like I have, I'm like 99.9% is just the daily window approach for me. Cause I, I don't want to get into where I'm like focusing on a scale and I want to get out of that kind of trying to lose mentality, if that makes sense. There is a lot of freedom when you're just like, Hey, this is the size I want to be like with your clothing size, you know, are you in the clothing size that you would like to be in long-term or you want to go down one clothing size or two or. So I hit my goal of what my clothing size was going to be. And that's kind of, but I think I could go down maybe a size or two more. And 10 is just getting loose on me now. Like I'm a, oh my gosh, I'm a size medium. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're 5'10", I think you're probably not very many mediums out there, right? No. I can't believe it, right? It's like, what? I've got a great friend from my gym and she went shopping with me and she's like, that's too big. That's too big. And she's like, and she was coming into the change room with like size 10 and size, I like I've been in a size eight for certain stores. Yeah, she made me try in the medium. I was like, oh my God, this fits. What a great feeling. Oh, it was. Yeah, totally, totally. So our Canadian sizes are the same as US sizes, aren't they? I think so. Like that's a lot of the shopping. Like I, we just did a trip to Vegas about a month ago. I did a Tough Mudder this year and it was like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. 
And uh, yeah, we went shopping. So, but my, my size, I hit my target. I wanted a pair of size 10 Levi's. Like that was, I don't know, something like nostalgic, like from back in the day, like I loved Levi's. Well, yeah, we're the same age. Levi's were what you had. The ones with the little white patch on the pocket, the little rectangle, did you wear those? Not They were different. They were not the same as the ones with the tab, but they had the white patch right on the back pocket. Yeah. And they, I think you can still get them. So I got I got mine. Can you? Yeah. And they, yeah, so I, but I think I can maybe go one size more, but I'm not going to stress about it. It's like, this is the first time in my life that I feel like the food is not controlling me. Well, that, that is thrilling right there. And so talk about how this has affected your binge eating. Oh, so I still have sugar issues. I do. And that's what I'm just kind of like, I know it's like you can eat whatever you want in your window and you're going to lose. But for sure, if I don't have refined sugar, I did do better. I totally did. And has intermittent fasting helped you to identify that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, for me too. Yeah. Intermittent fasting really has helped me identify that sugar doesn't work well for me either. And for me, it causes restless legs. It doesn't cause me to overeat, but it does give me restless legs. And it's and I've talked about it a million times. And then I still eat sugar. And then I'm like, why are, why do I have restless legs? Why did I, why did I do that? So <laughs> And if I don't eat it, I don't I don't go. Like I get the best arm workout for just shoveling food in my face when I eat sugar, right? <laughs> it's like boom, boom, boom. But we still, you know, we're we're still learning. So y'all, I am still making bad choices. <laughs> I had some sugar last night and then I'm sitting there. My cat was sitting in my lab and I'm like wiggly, wiggly. I'm like, sorry, kitty, I can't be still. Mama ate sugar. <laughs> oh, so, you know, like, so we had Halloween it was just a little while ago here. Halloween is the same everywhere. <laughs> but uh, so I was, it was towards, now I know I've got to eat it towards the end of my window. So here I was and it was like, I started in, I had a couple of like the small little kind of snack size bars and stuff. And I said to my daughter, I said, oh, give me a couple more. So she did. And then I was like, keep them coming. Then I got up and went and it was just, and then my husband said to me, he's like, he said, oh, he said, you're having fun with that tonight. And I was like, I said, it's okay. My window's going to be closed soon. Right. But I felt like this is a weird, like, I know that's really screwed. Right. It's like, in my head, it's like, I can stop eating soon because my window is going to be closed. Oh, so that was helping you know, I'm eating it now, and then I'm going to close my window, and that gave you that control over it. Versus if you had not closed your window in the past, before intermittent fasting, you might have just continued. Oh, I would have been there in a hot mess on the floor <laughs> eating all that chocolate. <laughs> See, that's huge. I'm still kind of mad that sugar gives me restless legs because I'm like, I can eat whatever I want, and yet I can't enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm not quite ready to say I'm never, ever going to have sugar again. But I do know that it has to be a dessert or something towards the end of my window. I can't be at the at the beginning. That makes sense. Because then you just are eating not just sugar, but other things too. Does it kind of turn on the whole floodgates? It turns on the whole floodgate. Yeah. So, and I still have that. I know there's like studies that have shown like what it does to your brain. And I have that. I see people who can have like a piece of chocolate and put a bar back in the fridge. I'm like, oh my God, talk about willpower. But you know what? They're wired differently than I am. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, somebody that can have a glass of wine, whereas somebody else is an alcoholic and they cannot. And, you know, we understand that when it comes to alcohol or even, you know, drugs, people take, you know, people become addicted to painkillers, whereas somebody else takes a painkiller and just for right after surgery, and then they're fine, because our brains really do respond differently. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing, because I do have a lot of friends and like people from my gym and stuff that started this and everyone wants is like, oh, well, tell me exactly what you're doing. And it's like, you got to find what works for you. Right. It's not going to be the same for everyone. And for sure, I've listened and like to this podcast and stuff and heard other people with like their challenges and stuff. And I've tweaked things as I've gone along. But going into anything thinking that like what worked for someone else is going to be like the secret thing for me. I think that's a recipe for disaster, right? I think you're right. Yeah, I've said it before. You know, if someone followed me around and did exactly what I did and ate exactly what I ate, they could have completely different results. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know, like I've heard you say, like you do, you do need your carbs and you like your carbs and you're good. I do. I need them. I, I am not, I can't sleep if I don't have enough carbs. Yeah, I'm kind of like in between, like that's why I, I am going to do one of those genetic kind of tests and see what I'm predisposed to and do blood work and stuff. Because like, Jen, I cannot believe how strong and fit I have gotten this year since I started with this. It's crazy. I do believe it because you're in that state where you're tapping into your fat stores preferentially, but you also have high levels of human growth hormone. And so you're able to build muscle like crazy. And we even have, you know, some research showing that it helps us build up our bone density. See, it's like, honestly, like I've one of my, my middle bonus daughter. And then it's like all the stuff that comes with like, cause I know I look younger than I did last year. And I definitely feel like 20. It's the best I've ever felt in my whole life. It's crazy. She called me Benjamin Button. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the best thing. <laughs> you know, we hear that though all the time. People show their before and after pictures and they look like universally people look younger. Yeah, totally. I don't take a lot of pictures. Like I'm not someone like there's some pictures of me for sure. And I do like I, I get in them, but I'm not a picture taker. And I feel so bad for like the last 10 years, like there's pictures of me hiding behind my kids and sideways, you know, trying to trying to hide that because it's like, you know, having a kid in front of you somehow hides that extra 85 pounds that you're on. I wish I did have some good before and after pictures, but I, I don't. Well, you know, about the, the pictures, I still am surprised when I see myself in pictures. You know, we just, we're recording this, you know, a few months ahead of when it will come out. So we just had United States Thanksgiving right before recording this. And I was sitting on the hearth at my house and someone in my family was taking candid pictures. I remember thinking back to, you know, and I was like, oh, how am I going to look? Am I going to look chubby in that? You know, I'm, I'm like really self-conscious about how I might look in the picture. And then, you know, my relatives shared them all on Facebook. And so then I was like digging through and looking and I'm like, I look fine. I don't know. Why am I so, <laughs> yeah, it's those old scripts that run in our heads of even now, you know, I'm sitting here in my size zero pants, which sounds crazy, but worrying that I might look chubby in a photo. Yeah. And it's, it's, it takes a while. Like every now and then I get, and like, I'm feeling really good. I know like how much I've lost and stuff, but still sometimes like when I'm walking past a mirror or something and like, I'll catch a glimpse of myself at a window or something. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, it's still, I'm still like, oh my God, I'm in that kind of phase where I'm not adjusted to like really how we all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. What my size is now. Does that make sense? You don't realize how slim you are. Yeah. Until you see it and then it shocks you. Yeah. Cause like when I look down at my legs and stuff now, I'm like, still see it's like, okay, I want to lose a little bit more or whatever. And I know my sizes have gone down, but it's like when I get a sideways glimpse of myself and, and then some pictures that people have taken of me, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You really see it. Like you really see it in the photos that you can't see it. Like for me, the whole time I was gaining weight, I knew I was gaining weight. I knew I was large. I could see in, in the mirror, but it was really when I saw it in a photo that I'm like, oh my gosh, is that really what I look like? Yeah. And I protected myself. <laughs> the same thing as I was losing the weight. It's just really hard to see ourselves in the mirror. And then you would see it in a photo and you're like, oh my gosh, I actually look really good. (laughs) And it felt surprising. Yeah, it is. And it's like, and part of me is like, so, and this is the thing is like, I don't know. Have you heard of like imposter syndrome or whatever? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm familiar with that. Oh my God. Like that bobsleigh experience and all this, all the sports and stuff that I was involved in. So I, I grew up in Newfoundland and I moved, Newfoundland is on the East coast of Canada and I moved to Western Canada and I'd kept up with sports then, but After my kids, I moved to a different city and I just didn't talk about that part of my life. I did not talk about the sports or anything that I'd done forever. And it's like, now I talk open and I'm proud of it, but I was so shamed. (laughs) Right. Well, because you probably thought people were thinking, wow, she let herself go. Is that what you were thinking? Oh, totally. I didn't let anyone know that I had ever been at that level of an athlete for a long time. Yeah, because those of us that suffer with, you know, being at a higher weight and not being able to control it, as no matter how hard we try, and we try and we try and we try. And then, like you said, we give up for a while because you just can't try that hard forever. You just can't. I mean, some people can. Some people are able to, but I, I was not. And a lot, most of us that are, are probably listening couldn't. And we try so hard, then we feel like such a failure. 
and like we're weak and we're gluttons and there's something wrong with us and it's embarrassing. And I can remember going to a holiday party with my husband, or actually I think it was his high school reunion. And I was like, I bet they're like, why did he marry her? What's wrong? You know, she's, she's gained. So, and the whole time I kept thinking, cause he's slim and he's always been slim. And I just kept thinking that's a crazy track to be playing in your brain. And it's like, there's like, I know your husband sounds awesome, by the way. And I'm married to like a great man too. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's fasting too. He's doing awesome, but it's, and he's been so. Did he need to lose weight or was he just, just doing it for the health? He needed to lose a little bit of weight and uh, he just had full knee replacement like earlier this fall and he calls himself the super healer. (laughs) (laughs) Fasting will do it. He was playing golf within six weeks again. And it's like, I, I firmly believe like, so for sure, like he was icing all the time, but like the inflammation and stuff, like he got that under control pretty quick. Well, cause our bodies have time to work on the healing and the repair because they're not always focused on digesting food 24 seven. Yeah. We're supposed to have that built in rest time to let our bodies repair. It was so funny. He was in the hospital and I went in just before he was going in for surgery and there's a nurse he was taught and he's like, what's the name of that book? <laughs> And he's like telling all the nurses in the hospital about the fasting. I love it. We're spreading the word. Once you live the life, you know, today there was some kind of blog post that someone shared in one of the Facebook groups and it was some blogger that, I don't know, she's a controversial blogger. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want anyone to find her, but (laughs) she was dissing intermittent fasting and talking about how awful it was and how nobody could do it. And it was an eating disorder. And I saw that. Yeah, I thought you might have because that was today. But I was like, that's the opposite really of what everybody (laughs) does it feels, you know? Everyone's experience, yeah, said it's an eating disorder. Like, I get if there's any issues with like anorexia or bulimia or anything like this, probably wouldn't be my first recommendation. Correct. And and the experts don't recommend it, especially if you're anorexic. It's not what you would want to do because, you know, you could misuse fasting and it has been misused by people with eating disorders, you know, forever. For those of us like you and like me, and we've, we've struggled for so long, this feels like finally we're not disordered. Do you know? Would you say that that's true? Totally. Like the way that it made me feel when I couldn't control what I was eating and like I'd be getting like almost to the point where I was physically ill and still wanting to eat more. Like that's not healthy. That is not healthy. And now it's like I do like, like I said, the sugar thing, but it's it's not anywhere near the same. Like I'll still eat more sugar than I would like. And the only reason I'm confident that I will not gain weight or do anything as long as I stick to my windows, even if I have sugar in there. I might not lose weight anymore, but like the binge issues are nowhere near. It's just I still don't like that feeling that I'm I'm going to have more even though I don't really want to. And it's not that I'm trying to control it. It's like I don't like how it makes me feel. I know what you mean because I've I've been there too. The feeling of, you know, I'm just going to have a little more, but I really don't want it, but I'm eating it anyway. And then you feel that overly full feeling. You're like, why did I do that? Yeah, exactly. And I don't like that. I've never been a binger as far as actual binge eating disorder, but I have overeaten to that point, you know, enough times that I, I recognize that feeling and that, that like, why did I do that? And it is, it's awful. Like it's, I've had such a great life. It's been, it's been in me and I have had so many great experiences and almost every single thing that I, I put my mind to. I was able to do. And 
I just could not get, I felt like such a failure and such an imposter because it's like, well, you did all this. It took me like, I, I just finished a degree three, four years ago now. And like 27 years, it took me to do it. <laughs> but I, I did it. And then it's like, and I look at the pictures of me then it's like, oh my God. Yeah. But if we, if we can do all these things, but we can't get our weight under control, that's when you feel like the failure. Yeah. And it was the anchor for everything else. Honestly, it was like, it kind of, it kind of just like made me feel like nothing else was really like things that I should have been really, really proud of. I really wasn't. It was always in the back of your mind. Always, always, always. And I think it's a Kim Smith is a, a, she was your first podcast, right? Yep. She was episode one. Yeah. Like unbelievable freedom. It's unbelievable. I'm actually going to see her tomorrow. Oh, wow. That's such a cool story. Her and her husband. Oh, it, it is. We had a moderator retreat. I don't know if you heard about that. It was back in, it was supposed to be at Myrtle Beach in August and the hurricane happened. So everyone ended up coming to my house in Augusta instead. But some people had plane tickets that they, you know, the their airlines canceled all the flights, of course, because it was a hurricane, but they had to, like Kim has to fly to Myrtle Beach or lose the ticket. So we're going to fly. We're going to go to Myrtle Beach tomorrow with another one of the moderators. We're just going to have a few days girls weekend. Oh, how nice is that? It really is. It is. And you know what? We're going to have longer windows. Right. Bit of wine, maybe. A little brunch and it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, that's as good as it gets, hey? It is. But, but it really does, you know, like the name of her book, Unbelievable Freedom. It really does feel like that. You know, if, you, if you'd have told me, you know, when I was in the midst of all that struggling, the HCG, the diet pills, all the crazy, you know, I knew the answer had to be out there somewhere, but it wasn't found in what you were eating. See, that's where I thought it was. It was when you're eating. I always thought the magic was found in what. Yeah. And always trying to find like the perfect remedy. Like I, delay, don't deny. I, I say that all the time. <laughs> It's like, nope, I'm going to delay, not deny. I'm going to deny. I'm not denying myself of anything ever again. And that's why I like the sugar thing. It is because it's, it's freedom. But I just have to, I just have to be wary of that a little bit. And I'm not going to say I'm never going to do it. And you have to, you have to accept it. Like for me, last night I had some hot cocoa. It's a cold night. I wanted to have some, I was like, I'm going to have some hot cocoa to close my window. Then I had the restless legs, but I have to just accept you know, that was a choice I made. Here's the consequence. I'm never going to not have hot cocoa ever again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I Maybe one day I won't. Maybe one day I'll be like, you know what? I'm really not, I don't want to have restless legs. I won't do it, but I'm not there yet. And I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet either. So, well, who knows? Maybe this time next year, but right now I'm just like enjoying this, not having anything hanging over my head. You know, it's like, what time is it? It's like 1.47 here. And I really don't get hungry anymore. I really don't. Like I, and when I eat, it's because it's like I'm opening a window. Like I, I said, I've done a couple of longer fasts. I've, I did one seventy-two hour and it was not bad, but I like eating, right? So I, I, I like having the daily window instead, but like that day, it was crazy. I did a, a 5k run the last day in the morning of your 72 hour fast. You did a 5k on the last. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I mean, it's not hilarious. It's, it's like amazing. <laughs> but then I did a Zumba class. I don't know if you've ever done Zumba. That's my new thing. I'm dancing and stuff too. And I did a Zumba right after gin. 
I'm hilarious at Zuba, but I have, I dance like no one's watching. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a dance background. My mom was a dance teacher. So I'm like, I should be good at this, but I guess I'm out of practice and I don't know those steps. So I look crazy because I also do it full of enthusiasm. So I'm like throwing myself dance like no one's watching, but I'm doing that. That, like you said, I'm dancing like no one's watching, but I'm doing it wrong because I'm like so enthusiastic about it. So then I look crazy. There's no wrong. There's no Zumba police. Okay. (laughs) So you did, you did a 5k and Zumba. And then I did a, I did a heavy, heavy weight workout where I did a PB, a a personal best on my bench, bench press. Oh my gosh. That's pretty incredible. (laughs) You didn't bonk or anything like that. No, I just, I had so much energy and like I work out just about every morning and a couple of days a week, I do like two workouts and always in the fasted state and always tons of energy. Now, this is interesting to think about. I have not done a longer fast like that after I read the obesity code and, you know, he talked in there about, I had been doing a daily eating window approach. Then I read the obesity code and in the back, he had those plans that were, you know, alternate daily fasting. So I was like, well, he thinks this is the best. I'm going to do this. So I started doing that. And that was also when I switched over to clean fasting, but I have not done a fast beyond probably 42 hours since switching over to the clean fast. So I would be very curious to know, I mean, because I, I tried to do longer fast back in the day when, when I didn't understand. And it was hard. I was white knuckling it for the whole 72. Oh, really? Yeah. And I did not have great energy and I felt like I was going to die. You know, I was like my husband, that's when he had his surgery. So I was like, I was so busy, like back and forth to the hospital and stuff. And I just picked that time as like to try it, but I don't need to do it. And I know like some of the stuff, like it says, like there's some added health benefits with the longer, like I don't do this for weight loss anymore. You're doing it for the health benefits. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. But see, I was not fast and clean. The point of that is it was really hard for me. So I've not tried to do a longer fast ever since I've been fast and clean. And I guess there's a part of me that's like, would like to try it just to try it now, just to see. But then I like really like to eat every day. So (laughs) I'm not trying to lose weight. I don't need to lose weight. And of course, I would not recommend longer fast for weight loss purposes anyway. But I'm like, well, that would be interesting to try. But oh, dinner. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? <laughs> and I do like I do like my food. Yeah. I like dinner. And like I said, I was trying to play with the idea of doing a couple of like, because I did a 42 inadvertently last week because I, I had a flight that was delayed and I was denied getting on the next one. <laughs> And then I was like, I don't want to eat airport food, right? So I just did a longer one and I just like plowed through it kind of thing. And it was, it was easy. That's, you know what? That's when I said I'd get in touch with you because it was, uh, I was like, oh my God, this is so easy. I'm so thankful that I have this in my life right now. Because it's like things, you know, before I would have been like when I was like trying to eat six times a day and get my snacks, I'd be like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I love getting up in the morning and just going out with my black coffee and my traveler for the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's so it's so easy. And, you know, just walking up and getting some coffee and not having to fiddle around with it or. Right. And just say, like, do you need room for cream? No, I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And then just just feeling good about that. Yeah, it's like it's it is. And you'll see Kim tomorrow. Total, you know, unbelievable freedom. Yeah. It really is. And freedom from having to worry about carrying things around with you. I used to travel with my stevia. Oh, yeah. Like I I had it with me all the time. I I don't know if I could get it through TSA now, but (laughs) my little, little dropper bottle that I had, I don't know if it was too big to go through or not, but I didn't fly with it. But because I don't think I flew during that period of time, but I always had it with me and I would panic if I didn't, like I was going to not be able to survive. Isn't that crazy? It really is crazy. And it's like people thinking it's like, it's like, oh, you're going to starve. You're going to starve. It's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) It's really the opposite of that. So now I'm just so interested to think if I should do a longer fast just to see. But then I haven't skipped a day of eating since 2016. There has not been a day that I didn't eat. And you know what? It's working for you. And for, for me, it's right now, it's, I'm still kind of like, I'm probably where you were in 2016, right? When did you start your clean fasting? It was 2016. Yeah. It was March of 2016. I was already at my goal weight, but I had regained a little bit. I'd regained about eight pounds and over the Christmas holidays of 2015 into 2016, I, you know, but I was like, well, it's normal. You know, I'm a little pudgier because it's Christmas. And then I read the obesity code and I was like, okay, got to do it. And then boom, switched to the clean fast. I did a little, I did four, three, three down days a week with four up days. And then it was just basically too much work. I didn't like the up days because <laughs> I had to have lunch and I was working and I didn't want to fool with lunch. Oh, that'd be torture for me to start thinking about having to pack a lunch again. Oh, Yeah. I was actually at court this morning. This is kind of a funny story. My son, he's 20 now, but he got a um, running a red light ticket when he was like three years ago. In 2016, he ran a red light. So we had to go to court. Finally, this is how long it takes in our town to get to court cases. So we go to court, traffic court today, and I'm watching everyone walk in, all the employees, and they all have these giant bags. And I'm like, they all have their food with them. I mean, that little that thought went through my mind today. They all are carrying food. You know, I'm just finishing up. I'm doing a personal, I'm getting my personal training certificate So what I was really pleased about is like there's a section in there in nutrition and stuff. And one of the things they talk about intermittent fasting in there. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Right. As a good thing. I'm assuming I'm I'm glad to hear it only if it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good thing. And like I talked about this with my trainer and because there are lots of trainers and lots of dietitians and stuff that are like really anti this. 
And I'm like, you got your head in the sand if you're not looking at any of the research that's come out or seeing the results from people in the last like three to four years. And I think I'd recommend if someone if someone's talking to a trainer and they're not even considering that as a potential strategy, I think I'd say that's not going to be someone that's someone who's not looking at the most recent research and is going to have your best interests. I love that. And the fact that they're teaching you about it as part of your studies is very impressive to me. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, by the way, we got the chart. The charges were dismissed for my son's ticket. Just want to put that out there because. <laughs> oh, perfect. Three years that was hanging over your head. Yeah. Three years later, the charges were dismissed. It was a foggy night. It's a long story, but the charges were dismissed. So, <laughs> But we were at the court. <laughs> They're, they turn very slowly here in Augusta, Georgia. But anyway, so that is really thrilling that they're teaching you about, about intermittent fasting with personal training. Because we do hear people who are like, well, I went to my personal trainer and he said, absolutely don't do intermittent fasting. And what should I do? Dump the trainer. That's what I'd say now. Yeah. And we even hear that about doctors. And and I love, I love doctors. I don't want to ever be, you know, anyone thinking I'm bad mouthing doctors because I'm not, because there are so many doctors who are doing intermittent fasting and some are even prescribing it for their patients. But, you know, there are people who will sometimes have a doctor who says, don't do that. Intermittent fasting is a fad. Don't do it. And I would probably start doctor shopping. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just so thankful for you. And like, I'm, I'm not a details person most of the time, but I love how you've taken all the science and all of the research and basically taken Fung's book and put it into something that's palatable for the rest of us. Right. Well, that's what teachers do, right? Right. And you are a good teacher. Thank you. Yeah, totally. But it's like understanding, like that's my, that's my advice always when someone's like, you got to understand why it works. You need to understand insulin resistance. You need to understand how the hormones come into play and like what happens. You're like you have to understand that if you're going in there thinking this is just going to be a fad or it's like calorie counting or a reduction in calories, it's not going to work for you. You got to have that belief and understand the science, right? Mindset is key. I really do think that the mindset piece is missing for a lot of people. We'll see people in the Facebook groups who struggle chronically. And, you know, some people will will circle back through and they're struggling and then they come back around, they're struggling some more. And I really think a lot of it is because they they don't believe that they can do it. And not believing that it's going to work for you really can can impact how well it works for you because you're not, you're not believing. So you're telling yourself, this is hard. This I'm not, you know, you're in that mindset of deprivation. So these podcasts that you're doing, the other one with Melanie and the support networks, because it's like, I think that helps remove some of the doubt too, and helps build that mindset that you need, right? When you see other people. Yeah. So it's one thing to get support from someone saying, oh, you got this, you got this and help you out if you're having like a, a rough time with it. But when you can see someone and, uh, you know, like their story resonates with you and it's some like somewhat similar to your story and you see the success that they have, that's pretty powerful. Like I, I look at some of the, the transformations for people in like as little as four. There was one post the other day and this guy posted and it was a month. It's like, oh my gosh. Right. He looked completely different. Totally. And I think when you see that it's someone who's like same age and like same interests, like same body, you know, same body type. And he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I do have this. And it's, it's a really powerful thing to help with the mindset, to help with like keeping and chugging through. But the thing is, there's no chugging through. 
Like, it's so easy. <laughs> I cannot believe that if someone had told me three years ago, the key to not being hungry all the time was to not eat. I know that's the opposite. Like, wait a minute, what? Right? It's like, yeah, that's the key to not being hungry is don't eat. It just seems like such, a, oh yeah, right. <laughs> it's the opposite. Intermittent fasting is the opposite of everything you think. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So, you know, for the people who may be struggling out there that are listening, you know, and and Sherry and I are talking about how easy it is for us and just believe and it'll happen. There are people who do need to tweak more. You know, you may need to do alternate daily fasting or the up down day method, or you may need to delay certain foods or change what you're eating, you know, that works better for your body. It's not going to be effortless weight falling off of you for every person. You may have to do some more digging because our bodies are so complicated. And the reason that you're not releasing the weight, there's something. It's there. It's just a matter of figuring it out. But you can believe that you will figure it out. That's that's what I would encourage. Totally. And it's all the other things. Like I would I would never go into like a, a meeting now just after lunch. Ever. Oh, because you wouldn't be able to keep yourself awake. Oh, keep myself awake. But the clarity that I get, like my downtime used to be like 2.30 in the afternoon. And now that's when I'm sharpest. So that's where I put my critical, anything where it involves critical thinking, it's like it's there in the afternoon. It's going to be in the fasted state. Well, we are almost out of time. So what would you tell somebody just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you started? Clean fast. Uh, Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. And don't look for ways that you can still have the cream and the coffee and stop looking on YouTube to find out what the insulin resistance is, right? Just do it and go like there's your support groups now in the Facebook groups because they do help. It's And it's something that everyone struggles with, but clean fast. Yeah, there's one very prolific YouTuber. I'm not going to mention his name either, but he, you know, convinced that Stevia is okay for fasting. But yet also makes videos talking about how hard it is to fast beyond 16 hours that most people can't do it. So don't try to do it every day. I'm like, you know, if you would just make that connection, it would change your life. Guy on YouTube. (laughs) Totally clean fast, just clean fast. And then like I just said, it's like, understand it. And it's it's so easy to jump on stuff. And that'd be what I say to people is like, understand why it works. So I I recommend your book. I recommend the obesity code. And you've got to understand that because it's, it is going to, and it's not going to be fast. Sometimes like you, you hear some people that lose weight right away, if that's what their goal is to lose weight and other people, it takes some time, but your body's changing. Like I remember at one point where I, I had only lost on a scale it was like three pounds, but my God, I full, like a full size on me is like, it was huge. It was a big difference. So you can't trust the scale. You really cannot, especially if you're working out like you and you have such a low body fat in, in general. Yeah. And like your weight can fluctuate so many times. Like I like what you say about like the averaging and doing that over the course of a week. If, if that's like, if that's the metric that you want to use. But for me, it's like have a target pair of pants or jeans or something. And I take measurements. And now like with my, you know, looking back in the rear view mirror, I would have started with pictures and taken pictures on a weekly basis because it is remarkable. Like the, changes that happen in your body for sure. Yeah, I definitely think people should take pictures. Put on something that you can really see yourself in, you know, from different different angles, take the photos and wear that same exact thing next time when you take the pictures again, because then you can really tell the changes. 
I think that's huge. And then you look at the, the pictures and you see the difference, no matter what the scale says. You know, if something is changing, then you're getting results. Yeah. And like, don't overthink it. So just focus on the fasting first. For me, I think it's like you will eventually get to like the appetite correction with like hearing book the fast or not fast five appetite correction. Like that doesn't happen overnight, but you will get there. But just focus like on a clean fast for in your window and don't overthink what you're eating. Like, because the thing about that's the most attractive for me around this is just the freedom and not having to measure, not having to count. It's, it's just so, so freeing at this point in my life. And like knowing, like it's sustainable. Yeah, it really is. And unlike that blog post that we both read today that said it wasn't sustainable, it's actually the most sustainable thing that we could do. Well, on that note, Sherry, I am going to have to end this delightful conversation. I could have talked to you for a lot longer. Oh, Jen, I am so thankful. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm an avid believer in what you're doing. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.